6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. First off, wanted to talk about this. Something's been happening on the sun recently. And yeah, that has a lot of people talking about what could happen next. Now, we heard that a solar storm was expected to hit the Earth's magnetic field today. But what does that mean and what could it do? And talking about what could happen next, is the world prepared? Let's find out more with Dr. Phil Langell, who is the director of the Rothney Astrophysical Observatory at the University of Calgary. Doctor, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jillian. Hey, it's great to have you here. Okay, let's start with this to begin with. What are solar flares and, and what are solar storms? What, what is all that about? Oh, okay, um, so the, the sun is a, a giant ball of gas in the sky, as everybody knows, and it generates energy through nuclear reactions in its core, as everyone knows, and that energy propagates over eons up to the surface and eventually makes its way out into space, and then eight minutes later, it gets to the Earth and warms us up and makes life on Earth possible. <laughs> but the sun is a giant magnetic field entity as well, and it goes through a magnetic cycle. And there are times when the sun is very ordinary and the magnetic fields are very well behaved on its surface. Uh, but over time, every, every 11 years, it goes through this interesting cycle. The magnetic fields get whipped up and they get um, tangled up and mangled up and they don't like to be like that and they store uh, a lot of energy and they try to release that energy and when they do they uh, they kick a lot of material off the surface of the sun out into space and sometimes that stuff heads heads in our direction so that's what a, a solar storm is about okay why do why do they get all fussy every 11 years why does why do they get all kicked up what, what's going on there yeah, that's a really that's a really good question. So, because the sun is a ball of gas, it's not a solid rock like the Earth is. Its equator rotates around once at a different speed than the gas at the north and south pole. So, there's like a traffic jam that happens, <laughs> like the fast lane and the. Oh, Doctor Langella, we've we've lost you there. Dr. Langell, let's try again. Hey, are you still there, doctor? Hello. Well, maybe the solar flares hit. Maybe that's what it is. Doctor, are you there? I can't hear him at all. Can you, Kellen? Hello. Can anyone hear me right now <laughs> on the radio? <laughs> okay. Is he there? All right, we're still trying to figure out what is going on here. Hey, doctor, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. I Sorry, mean, I got talking there and I lost track of uh, whether you could hear me or not. What did you okay. hear? What was I saying the last I spoke? Um, that um, that the uh, the equator on the the sun and uh, it goes around at a different speed than the, at the north right. and south pole of the sun. Right, right, right. Okay, so I'll carry on from there really quickly. The magnetic fields get dragged along with this material, and they get stretched, and they get bent, and then that's when they start getting angry. And then, and then so um, um, at some point, they get so energized uh, that they have to release this energy, and when they do, 
they kind of they kind of get normal again. They kind of get quiescent again, and then and then this uh, differential rotation whoops them up, and this repeats again and again every eleven years. All right. So, doctor, what is the difference between like these solar flares, a solar storm, and and these things that I've been reading about that are called coronal mass ejections? What's the difference? And one of them sounds uh, much worse than the other. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's primarily a uh, a matter of scale. A solar flare is an energetic eruption on the sun that's quite localized but very energetic and a coronal mass ejection is a giant one of those where the energy released is so high it can actually kick material off the surface of the sun and uh, and blast it off into space all right so we were expecting a solar storm to hit earth's magnetic field today did it happen what, what what's the outcome from that what what impact could that have on earth well, it's, it's it's a bit like predicting the weather. <laughs> this is especially uh, you know in Alberta, the weather in Alberta is really hard to predict. But so just let me give me a, a sense. Let me give you a sense of all the variables that are involved. For for example, the speed at which this stuff moves through space toward the Earth is a, a gigantic 1,500 kilometers per second. Wow. So it's a big speed, but the distance between us and the sun is gargantuan, and this takes many days before it gets to the Earth. And because of the delay, it's like in a football game when the when the quarterback throws a, uh, a pass to his receiver, he doesn't throw the ball at the receiver, he throws the ball to where the receiver is going to be when mm-hmm. the ball finally gets to him. So if the sun is going to make a pass to the earth and wants to hit the earth, the direction of that pass, the direction of that ejection of material has to be where the earth is going to be in three days. So so all of that has to happen. And then when the material gets to the earth, it's hard to know how concentrated it is or how diffuse it is, uh, how much how much uh, material is actually going to interact with the, with the earth's magnetic field. And then the earth's magnetic field is a complicated entity too and its ability to catch this material and interact with this material depends on all sorts of variables as well. So so we can see these events happening on the sun with our eyes, our telescopes. We say, holy cow, the sun's doing something. Mm, but that's, that's not a problem. It's going in the wrong direction. It won't get to the Earth, so we don't have to worry. But every once in a while, there's one that kind of comes this way. And maybe it's a glancing blow or maybe it's a head-on blow. We don't know exactly for sure, um, but we can make predictions, you know, like if, if the pass was good, if this was a laser beam pass across the, the, the solar system, then the Earth is going to catch all this material, and then the Earth's magnetic field is going to respond. And the one thing we always get is a nice uh, northern light yeah. show, so, so that's a one, one happy outcome of, of these events. But if these are very, very energetic events, then they can have some effect on, uh, uh, you know, technology. And I'm talking about satellites and uh, GPS technology and uh, ground-based um, infrastructure for uh, for electrical systems and things like that. There was an article, I think it was written uh, in the Global Mail just the other day, talking about these, um, these uh, solar flares or these coronal mass ejections and, and, and what they could what they could do on earth and i and 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 i heard someone describe it like this you know it's a low probability of happening but it has high consequence if if one was to you know if it was a direct hit if it was that perfect pass as you described it as doctor so mm-hmm. should what what do you 
what do you think Canada, North America, putting you on the spot here, needs to do mm. to prepare for something like that? Are we are we mm. are we protected? Well, I mean. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, just talking hypothetically, uh-huh. like uh, I was actually in Montreal in uh, March of 1989 when the uh, electrical grid uh, went down in Quebec because of a solar a solar interaction, and so these things do happen. And uh, I think that uh, uh, it's it's fair to say that as people over the years continue to build these uh, very complicated uh, electricity distribution systems that they do keep in the in the back of their mind you know these these rare but uh, but potentially important events that could happen and they can do things in the in the engineering of their systems to try to prevent big problems from happening um, I, I I don't know I don't know if anybody does but I know that this has been in the conversation in the, in the media for many many years so it would surprise me if the engineers uh, don't have some kind of fail-safe things kind of in their in their backups and I think um, also just basically um, the the way that electric fields work um, and magnetic fields work um, they produce forces and the forces can be worse when the wires are very very long so rather than build wires that go all the way across North America you can build little networks of wires in one spot and then little networks of wire in another spot and the to keep them in little chunks so if something were to happen the damage would be localized to a small little place and then they could get that fixed in a hurry rather than you know having a, a north american wide problem or something like that well you know what doctor i'm not going to worry about it today because we've made it through the better part of the day and it seems like things are moving along tickety-boo <laughs> but i will be yeah. watching for my uh, my aurora updates Good. on uh, on my on my smartphone tonight thank you for this i appreciate it Good. Yeah, very, very good to talk to you. Have a good day. Take care. Dr. Phil Langell joining us this afternoon, the um, director of the Rothney Astrophysical Observatory at the University of Calgary. Cool stuff.